All right, let's do this. This is the Penn State postgame show. No, it's not because we don't do a Penn State postgame show. This is Locked On Nittany Lions live on Twitch. <laughs> Can't believe I botched the intro, but you know what? I got off to a, as good of a start to this postgame stream as Penn State did against Ohio State. Hi, everybody. This is Kevin McGuire, host of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, we are available with new podcasts five days a week. And, of course, we also do these live post-game streams shortly after Penn State's most recent game. I'm getting a little bit of a delayed start to this one because it was prime time. I had to take the dog out. And, hey, we are here now. We are here to allow you to vent your frustrations and uh, just let out any anger, any pent-up frustrations you may have from this game if you're a Penn State fan. If you're an Ohio State fan, you want to come in and brag about the, the win a little bit. That is all fine, too. It's all fair game. We are here for some good conversation, and we try to keep it peaceful. We try to keep it family-friendly, uh, but I understand on nights like this, it might be difficult for some people, especially out there in the streaming world. So I get it. I understand how this works. But again, quick intro. This is the Locked On Nittany Lions post-game live show. This is our Twitch channel. If this is your first time checking us out on Twitch, please go ahead and feel free to hit the follow button. Uh, the more people we have following us, the better as we try to continue to grow something here, add another dimension to our podcast, which again is available on all the major podcasting platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to podcasts these days. Locked on Nittany Lions is available there for you. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. You'll get all kinds of new updated commentary throughout the week, getting you set for whatever game is next on Penn State's schedule. And of course, we will get to that later on in this episode or this stream, whatever the case may be. So kind of uh, ironing out the wrinkles here. And I think Penn State's got a few wrinkles of their own that they're going to be ironing out as the season continues. As you know, Penn State comes up short against Ohio State. Tell me if you've heard that before. Uh, Ohio State with the final score of the 38-25, jumping out to a quick 14-0 lead in the first quarter. And credit Penn State, they kind of hung around from that point on, did not get uh, completely steamrolled, uh, put up a good fight. And that's one of the things that I seem to come back to, I don't know how many times when we talk about Penn State, uh, when they come up on the losing end. It's very rare that they get completely manhandled and just kind of, uh, you know, go through the motions and just wait for this game to be over while the game is getting completely out of control. Now, this did not feel like a game where Penn State really ultimately had a chance to realistically come back and maybe make things a little bit tighter against Ohio State uh, because every time that Penn State did do something offensively, Ohio State had an answer. They just marched right down the field on Penn State's defense pretty much all night long, especially when Penn State finally was able to do anything uh, with their offense. And you got to be credit. I mean, we go into this game knowing that Ohio State is the team to beat in the Big Ten. Very likely the the easy pick out of the Big Ten to be a college football playoff candidate. And before the season started, Penn State was kind of thrown out there, myself included, as a team that could potentially be Ohio State's biggest challenge and maybe even make a run for a Big Ten title, possibly even a spot in the college football playoff of their own. But they had to beat Ohio State in order to make that a realistic possibility. I've said that all along. I said that after last week's game against Indiana. And I said it all week long going into this game. Now, I didn't expect that Penn State was going to beat Ohio State uh, because Ohio State has so much talent across the roster. Quarterback, wide receivers. My goodness, Chris Olave, does he ever miss? <laughs> he made so many big plays tonight for Ohio State. 
And something that I think people come to me to do is to try and find some level of optimism. And some people accuse me of being too much of an optimist at some point. And it's very difficult to find an optimistic spin when Penn State starts the season 0-2, as they do tonight with their loss to Ohio State. But there is some... There are some things that you can build from. Uh, again, another setback. It's really tough to start any season 0-2, especially when you're jumping right into conference play. But I I don't know where we go here uh, because I do think the defense was okay. They just weren't great. And you needed to be much better, I think, defensively uh, right from the start of the game. So let's start at the start of the game because Ohio State certainly wasted no time getting into the mix there. Uh, obviously got the big run from, well, who was it, Gary Wilson? Is, it, well, is that who it was? <laughs> I don't even remember now uh, because there's so much happened. Yeah, Garrett Wilson runs 62 yards to open up the game and put Ohio State all the way at the Penn State 13-yard line. One play into the game. Uh, so that's not a good sign. And, of course, a couple plays later, Master Teague uh, continues to be a force. Uh, we, we're, he was he was dominant throughout the game. A very physical runner. Uh, if you were worried about Ohio State's running game, I don't think you need to be worried about it because they certainly looked better. Behind, this is a really good performance by that Ohio State offensive line. But Ohio State gets a touchdown just three plays into the game. And we talked all week about how Penn State needed to make sure that they didn't give Ohio State any easy opportunities for a touchdown. And I'm not saying that it was easy for Ohio State to get that three-play touchdown to start the game. But, uh, you know, three pl one play into the game when you're already inside the red zone, uh, it's going to be relatively easy for a team as talented as Ohio State. And all they had to do is uh, pound it out on the ground. They didn't have to do anything with Justin Fields just yet, although he had a fantastic game as well. So Penn State comes back, uh, has a turnover on downs on their first drive of the game. That's unfortunate because, uh, you know, as much as I sort of like the idea of going for it on fourth down early in the game to try and establish something offensively, I don't know about the spot on the field to do that. If you were in Ohio State territory, I'm much more inclined to be on board with that. But early in the game, it's only 7 nothing. You don't have to go and take a gamble right out of the gate, which James Franklin did. It, what was it? it was, let's just rehash it. It was 4th and 2 from the Penn State 45. So you're around midfield. It's not probably the worst possible spot on the field to go for it on fourth down maybe it's a fourth and one or fourth and you know even shorter than that but fourth and two is risky uh so sean clifford uh tries to complete a pass to Jahan dotson uh the play just never really fully developed the way that penn state wanted and again credit ohio state's defensive front for making it very difficult for sean clifford all night long and of course, Penn State couldn't get a running game going. And Penn State had pressure on Sean Clifford, or Ohio State had pressure on Sean Clifford all game long. And so it was just one of the recurring themes of the night. It was a rough physical night for Sean Clifford. He did not have a whole lot of time to breathe. Uh, as good as this Penn State offensive line may be, Ohio State's defensive line was just masterful. And it just goes back to one of the many areas where there's room between Ohio State and Everybody else in the Big Ten, but specifically here as we'll focus on Penn State. So uh, it was a rough start to the game. Uh, and of course, uh, Ohio State cashes in on that turnover on downs. Uh, five plays later, gets the touchdown. And let me just uh, recap who actually scored that touchdown. That was the uh, Chris Olave uh, once again making a great play. He was really covered by Joey Porter Jr. as well as you possibly could have asked uh, Porter to defend Chris Olave. He just, Justin Fields finds the perfect spot for Chris Olave to make a catch. And th that combo right there, 
uh, is very lethal <laughs> against just about everybody that Ohio State's going to face. So uh, Chris Olave had a big night with some big catches. Uh, Justin Fields, of course, was incredible. Um, and that, that's tough when you're Penn State and you're trying to take that next step. Uh, when you have an opponent that has that kind of talent and skill at those two very key positions where Penn State is trying to get to that level, but they don't have that there yet. And Ohio State does. And you can see the difference. Obviously, Ohio State jumps out to the 14-0 lead. Penn State comes back, they get a field goal. It's down 14-3 going into the second quarter. Ohio State scores a touchdown. Looks like they're going into halftime with a 21-3 lead. And they nearly did. But Justin Fields actually took a knee on a fourth down that he thought was going to just send the game to the locker rooms at halftime, but he ended up uh, leaving one second or maybe a fraction of a second left on the clock. So it was reviewed by the officials. They determined there was one second left that gave Penn State the ball and a chance for a long field goal, which they actually converted. So uh, Jordan Stout, I think it was, had the 50-something yarder field goal right at the end of the half. So you go into the halftime, it's 21-6. to six. You get the ball to start the second half. All right, let's see what you do. Sean Clifford and Penn State, they go right down the field. It was a very different offensive look from Penn State to start the second half. And you thought, all right, maybe something's happening here. It's still 21 to 13, 21 to, what was it, 21 to 12? <laughs> what was the score? It was 21-13. 21 to 13 after Penn State gets the ball to open up the second half. But then what happens? Ohio State goes eight plays, 75 yards, responds with a touchdown. It's 28 to 13. Uh, Penn State goes uh, three and out, or, or uh, four yard. I'm sorry, four plays, 19 yards, and they have to punt the football. So all of a sudden, you're getting Ohio State back the football after you were able to just go right down the field on them. And Ohio State comes back, nice long 12 play drive, ends with a field goal. So you know it's not completely out of reach yet. It's still 31 to 13. That's a big mountain to climb if you're Penn State. But credit Penn State, they come back, they get the touchdown. Now Jahan Dotson. My goodness, uh, he made some plays, <laughs> okay? So you've seen the replays, I'm sure. Uh, Jahan Dotson gets a one-handed grab uh, that goes for a touchdown. And that was one play after he made an incredible catch uh, for a 37-yard gain. So back-to-back plays, highlight-worthy plays from Jahan Dotson. If you're looking for the wide receiver that Penn State's going to rely on the most, it's going to be Dotson, and he showed why, especially in that second half. He had a really good second half for Penn State. Uh, so he's probably going to be your go-to receiver throughout the season from this point on if he wasn't already. Uh, but you're still looking for some more guys to really step up and really develop and to be an asset in that passing game. But Penn State comes back. They get that touchdown. They cut the lead to 38-19. Sorry, 31-19. But here's the thing. Ohio State gets the ball back. They go right down the field. 12 plays, 75 yards. Another touchdown. And all of a sudden, Ohio State's answering. Every time that Penn State is dealing a blow, Ohio State has a counter. And that's been the story of this game. So uh, getting off to a bad start, that, that's that's not good. But when you're starting to trade touchdowns for touchdowns or field goals for touchdowns, that's, that's just uh, not a good recipe, I think, for Penn State. So, you know, Penn State did respond. They get another touchdown. 38-25 uh, to 25 is scored then. And then they force Ohio State to punt. They're getting the ball back. But one play, one play into it, uh, Sean Clifford's intercepted. And all of a sudden, you know, Ohio State has a chance uh, to maybe put the game a little bit more away. But they miss a field goal. And then uh, Penn State gets the ball back to end the game. And they're they unfortunately cannot do anything with it. And, of course, there was too much damage on the scoreboard done already. So you got a 38-25 to 25 victory for Ohio State. Moving Ohio State to 2-0. Obviously, 2-0 in Big Ten play because they're only playing Big Ten conference games this year. And Penn State drops to 0-2. So 
If you have any questions, if you have any comments, you are more than free to drop them in the comment section here. We will try to answer them, react to them as we do this. I don't know how long this stream is actually going to be. It's going to be relatively short, actually, I think. But I do want to put it out there and make sure that we are reacting to this game because there will be a lot to react to and there's going to be a lot of overreacting done. And I just got done this week on the podcast going to bat and defending James Franklin to a certain degree. Um, I, I understand there's going to be a lot more criticisms because they are now 0-2 and, and you see the separation between Penn State and Ohio State. I will again remind everybody that there is a separation between Ohio State and the entire Big Ten. And I understand that that's not going to ease a lot of pain right now because you want Penn State to be at the top of the game. You want Penn State to be able to go head-to-head with Ohio State. And now the last couple of games, after so many close calls with the Buckeyes, the last couple of games have shown a little bit more separation, uh, certainly on the scoreboard. And for the most part, there's a good disparity in the total yardage as these games are being played. So there is a distinct difference between Ohio State and Penn State. Let's... uh. Look real quick at some of the the box score stats. Um, Just net total yards in this game alone. Ohio State, 526 yards. Penn State, 325. Most of those yards came in the second half, too, for Penn State. So there is a big difference in there because Ohio State is big, physical, very strong on the offensive line. They've got big physical running backs. Of course, Justin Fields and his assortment of receivers like Chris Olave make it very difficult to contain them. Uh, and th- those yards are going to pile up. And it's rare that Penn State gives up so many yards of offense. Uh, so, and certainly last week they did not against Indiana. The, the defense was not an issue last week against the Indiana Hoosiers. But it does it does have its shortcomings against a team like Ohio State, especially when you're not fully equipped for the full game. Remember, Jesse Lakita uh, had to sit out the first half. Um, didn't really necessarily change anything in the second half because Ohio State was just marching right down the field all game long. So I, I don't know. Uh, but look at the red zone attempts, okay? Penn State was abysmal last week against Indiana with a couple turnovers, missed field goals. And this, this game, they were much better. Three for three, uh, three trips to the red zone leaving with points every time. Uh, so that's good. Uh, 16 red zone points on three red zone trips. Not terrible. Uh, obviously, there was a couple two-point conversions that Penn State attempted in the second half trying to cut into that lead. Uh, came up empty on both of them. So uh, I almost wonder if you just kick the extra points if that matters. So obviously, probably doesn't in the grand scheme of things because you weren't stopping Ohio State from scoring. Uh, Ohio State was four for six inside the red zone with 24 red zone points. Um, so I don't know. Uh, third down. That was a big problem. Uh, Ohio State killed Penn State on third down. 10 of 18, which doesn't sound great, but it is very significant in when those third downs were being made uh, for Ohio State. Penn State just 3 of 9 on third down. Could not get much going on uh, offense for much of the night, especially on third down. Ohio State clamped down. So it looked like Ohio State knew what Penn State was trying to do on some of those third down plays. Uh, If Penn State was trying to execute a screen pass, Ohio State realized it and was ready to defend it. And again, they brought a lot of pressure into that backfield. So uh, you got to give credit to that um, Ohio State defensive line. They really uh, found ways to make sure that uh, it was going to be very difficult for Sean Clifford to breathe, do anything, and find some time to make a play happen. And anytime that Sean Clifford did try to take off, it didn't really do a whole lot. Um, I thought that that might be a little bit more of an asset for Penn State, given what Nebraska was able to do last week. So, uh, again, maybe Ohio State got better. Maybe Ohio State was more prepared and realized some of their shortcomings that they had against Nebraska and figured that Penn State was going to try and exploit those to their advantage. 
Uh, so adjustments were made, uh, maybe by Ohio State, um, maybe not enough by Penn State. I don't know, but they did play better in the second half. And again, that's something that Penn State has typically done fairly well, certainly on offense. We'll, we'll worry about the defense later. The defense has their issues uh, that it wasn't necessarily anticipating this year. Uh, but the the offense did get better in the second half, so they found something to work with. And I think uh, you know realizing that you can rely on Jahan Dotson a little bit more to make some plays that certainly helped. Uh, so that's that'll be something that will be interesting to keep an eye on uh, moving forward. But again, you got to complete more. You got to convert more than a third of your third down plays, especially against a team like Ohio State. Uh, no turnovers until late in the game. Ohio State actually had fum- two fumbles in the game, uh, but did not lose those fumbles. So a uh, fortunate bounce of the ball for them. Uh, Penn State, uh, the only interception or the only turnover was late in the game. Uh, Sean Clifford trying to make a play, trying to find a uh, path to Pat Frymuth, uh, obviously it was picked off and it was returned deep into the red zone for Ohio State. So uh, the game was probably already determined at that point. I'm not necessarily going to say that that interception cost Penn State the game uh, because there were plenty of other uh, ineffectiveness on the offensive side of the football to, uh, for, for Penn State to make a, a real serious run here. So there you go. Uh, any questions, any comments, feel free to drop them in the comment section at any point. Again, we are going to be uh, reacting to this on Monday's podcast of Locked On Any Lines. I'll be recording it on Sunday afternoon, uh, probably after the rankings come out. And I fully anticipate that Penn State will not be ranked because they were number 18 in the AP poll. Uh, I think they were number 17 in the coaches poll. Don't really care. Uh, but 0-2 start, and there's really no reason to to argue that Penn State deserves being in the top 25. They'll earn their way back into the top 25, I'm fully sure of it, by the next couple of weeks go by. But I think that it's very unrealistic that an 0-2 team uh, is going to be in the top 25. So just brace yourselves for that. Penn State should be falling out of the top 25 polls. I don't know if that means a whole lot to a whole lot of people, but uh, that's going to be the case as far as I see it. But the, the good news is, I guess maybe the schedule gets a little easier for Penn State moving forward. Uh, they obviously have Maryland next week. Uh, Maryland is coming off a win against Minnesota. So it's not necessarily as easy game as maybe it was thought of a week ago when Maryland got blasted by Northwestern. Um, but this is going to be a, a frustrating week, for, I think, for a lot of Penn State fans because every team in the Big Ten East right now has at least one win. Rutgers has a win. Maryland has a win. Indiana and uh, Ohio State obviously have wins. And they both are 2-0, by the way. And Michigan has a win. And even Michigan State has a win. Michigan State pulled off the upset against Michigan in Ann Arbor earlier in the day. Uh, So everybody in this division has at least one win. So Penn State's going to be at the bottom of the division when you see those standings updated if they have not been already. And that's not a great look. But again, it's just two games. There's still six games left in the regular season for Penn State. Seven if you want to include the Big Ten Champions weekend. Uh, and I don't know where we go from here because I do think that there's still an, at least one more loss on the schedule. Coming into the season, I predicted a 6-2 and two record. Uh, but I expected one of those losses to be Ohio State. And I expected the other to be either Nebraska or Michigan. Now, Nebraska's coming up in a couple weeks for Penn State. They've got Maryland next week at home. And then they're going to go to Nebraska Michigan's going to come up later in November. So uh, there are still some challenges here for Penn State. But I do think, I do think that things are going to get better for this team. I don't think that this is a bad 0-2 team. I think it was a tough draw and a tough break against Indiana. And I think uh, everybody expected that Penn State was going to lose to Ohio State. So I'm not pushing any panic buttons here. 
I, I really am not. I, I do think that there is some serious room for improvement really now on both sides of the football. I think the defense has a lot to answer for, um, you know, going into next week. And uh, again, I'm not going to hold them. I'm not going to blast them for losing to Ohio State. I'm not going to rip them for having the, a less than stellar defensive performance against a team like Ohio State. But that needs to be better next week against Maryland, and it needs to be better moving forward. It was fine against Indiana. Obviously, Ohio State was a tough matchup, but I, I do think the defense is going to be fine. I'm not going to need to worry about it too much at this point right now. I'm a little tired. You'll have to excuse me. It's been a long day and obviously a long night. And uh, I've got some other things I got to do before I go to bed. So that's why this stream is not going to be very long. But I am going to try and rip the audio and put this together for a podcast. So if, if you're a podcast subscriber, you will get this on Sunday. And uh, yeah, again, stay tuned for the podcast uh, for Monday for more thoughts on this. Uh, we'll dig a little bit deeper and just kind of going off the cuff and trying to just react and let it all sink in right now. That Penn State is 0-2. Did not see this coming. Saw the loss to Ohio State coming, but uh, can you dig out of an 0-2 start to the season? I think you can. I think you can. We're going to talk about it on the podcast, but I, I think that next week is going to be a good rebound opportunity for Maryland, or I'm sorry, from Penn State <laughs> against Maryland, and we'll see if they can uh, fix some things, get some things cleaned up, and really start to figure out what they're going to do offensively. I, I think that's one of the things I'm probably most disappointed in so far for Penn State, the fact that we knew that there were some questions, certainly at the wide receiver position, and the running back position has become much more of a question than I thought it was going to be a couple weeks ago. So I think Kirk Shiraka, new offensive coordinator, has his work cut out for him uh, because this Penn State team has gotten off to slow starts in each of their last two games. I, I know they had the opening drive for a touchdown last week against Indiana, but that's two straight weeks now where the offense has not really been effective in the first half. And they've gone into halftime, losing by double digits in both of those games. And that's something that I think needs to improve. I don't think that uh, people were expecting that this offense was going to be quite as stagnant as it appears to be, at least at the start of games. Again, they make halves, halftime adjustments. They, they come out better in the second half for whatever the reason may be. They, they are finding something that isn't working and they are fixing it or they are trying something different after halftime once they see what the defense is doing. So there is something right going on there with the coaching staff and the offensive game plan, but it needs to be better in the first half. First half of offense for Penn State this year has been abysmal through just two games. Again, it's just a little bit of a small sample size, but now we're already talking about a quarter of the season uh, underway here. You know, this is an eight-game regular season. Two games are in the books. First half and uh, the first half offense has been abysmal for Penn State, so that certainly needs to improve. And again, credit Indiana, credit Ohio State. But Penn State has some work to do. They need to play better in the first half offensively. And the defense the defense kept the game from getting too out of control. I will say that uh, in both those games against Indiana and Ohio State. This game could have been worse uh, for, for Penn State if Ohio State uh, – there's a couple of drives. Oh, man, I can't stop yawning. I guess I'm going to have to wrap this stream up and uh, go ahead and do some other things. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I do feel as though there is room for improvement. There's clearly, clearly room for improvement on both sides of the football. The defense has to play better. The offense has to play better at the start of games. And we'll see what happens next week against Maryland. I do think we're going to see some steps forward. I think things are going to start to come together. I think they'll find some confidence once again. And... 
you know, they could string off a, a few game, a few wins here to kind of restore some confidence as they try to make something out of the season, whatever the case may be. It's too far away to really think about what this means for the ball picture. Uh, certainly, we can rule out the college football playoff that is officially gone for Penn State. Um, very likely, very, very likely, a shot at the Big Ten championship is now completely out of the picture, too, because they have head-to-head losses with Indiana and Ohio State, both who are which two games ahead of Penn State now in the Whitcomb. So, oh, man, this makes for some great video, huh? But I do think that um, there's still something that can happen that'll result in a positive bold destination at the end of the year if they're worried about that right now. But I'm going to wrap it up right now because, as you can tell, I'm a little tired. <laughs> I'm a little tired. I've got some other things I need to get done before I go to bed uh, because I'll be staying up late Sunday night to watch the Eagles and the Cowboys on Sunday night football too. So, again, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and all the major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Overcast. We're on Amazon Music too. Uh, so subscribe, rate, and review there. You'll get five new episodes at least coming up next week. We will also run another NCAA football simulation between Penn State and Maryland. See how that goes. The uh, NCAA Sims now are officially one and one on the year. They correctly predicted Indiana to beat Penn State, but it did have Penn State beating Ohio State uh, 17 to 16. So swing and a miss for the NCAA football simulation. Oh, man, can't stop yawning. But we will do it again. Uh, I don't know exactly when I'm going to stream it. It'll pro- you know, it probably be sometime Sunday afternoon uh, as I'm doing some podcast work. But uh, stay tuned for that. We'll see what the NCAA Sim says about Penn State, Maryland next week. Uh, also, stay tuned on Instagram. We'll put out some posts there. Um, starting going to start doing some uh, Twitter polls, I think. So if you follow us on Twitter at Locked on Nittany, uh, keep an eye out for that. Uh, might have some fun stuff to talk about there. But that's it for me. Once again, final score, Ohio State 35, Penn State 25, uh, Ohio State improving to 2-0, solidifying their position as a legitimate college football playoff contender, uh, potentially a favorite. Justin Fields maybe a Heisman Trophy frontrunner now. We'll see. And, of course, Penn State is looking to rebound uh, in in a big way because they are now 0-2 to start off the 2020 season. I don't know how many people actually predicted that, but uh, you certainly didn't predict an 0-2 record the way that it has played out thus far. So we'll see you next week on the stream. Uh, we might do some other live streams, a uh, little bit mixing them in. It just depends because i got a busy work schedule. And, of course, all of these writing assignments I have to get done too. So without any further ado, guys, I'm going to wish you guys all a good night. Have a good rest of the weekend. Don't forget to set your clocks back an hour tonight before you go to bed. Otherwise, you might be pretty confused when you wake up an hour earlier than you really needed to. All right, guys, have a great night. I will talk to you later. And I think that's it.